You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like usual. Hope you all are doing well. Let's talk some BYU basketball. The Cougars battle back from a 14-0 hole to tie things up, but ultimately lose to Boise State. What went wrong for the Cougars? We'll examine that. Also need to get to some of the highlights from BYU football media availability last night. Both Kyle Griffiths and Zach Wilson speaking to the media, and both of them having some interesting comments that we'll get to on the podcast today as well as catching you up on everything else going on with the Cougars. So a lot to get to on a Thursday edition of the show. Appreciate you guys taking the time to check it out. Let's waste no more time and break into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 10th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to check out this daily podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. I hope you guys are all doing well. First off, uh, BYU basketball last night, a hard-fought, tough loss, losing 74-70 to to the Boise State Broncos at the Marriott Center. The last loss for BYU at the Marriott Center, I believe, was last November against San Diego State. So it's been a while since the Cougars lost on their home floor. And I have to say, watching that game, there are both many good and bad things for this BYU basketball program that I observed from this game. Let's go start off with the good. That is the BYU, despite uh, not scoring a point until after the second media timeout in the first half. Uh, eight minutes gone in this game, and BYU found themselves sitting four, down 14 nothing, and it just felt like, holy smokes, are they going to ever score a bucket? Matt Harms uh, scored back-to-back buckets, got things rolling a little bit for the Cougars, but just was a struggle almost the entire first half for BYU. So... The offense for BYU is going to be an issue, I think, going forward, especially against teams like a Boise State who have long athletic defenders who can really bottle up what BYU is trying to do. When I think about that, I think of teams that are upcoming on BYU's schedule. Hi, Utah. Hi, San Diego State. Oh, yeah, the next two opponents for BYU, they fit that bill defensively. And the Cougars are going to have their work cut out for them to generate looks for each other as well as their teammates. I really think that this team needs to focus on ball movement and make sure they are trying to get open looks for their teammates. This is a different looking BYU lineup than it was a year ago. Last year, you had guys like TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs. Those are guys who are playing in the professional ranks because they could generate their own looks. They could generate their own shots. I don't necessarily see that on this year's team. Alex Barcelo... Maybe he can do it in spurts, but not all of the time, I don't feel like. This is a program, speaking of BYU, that's going to have to rely on one another to generate looks. And I think Mark Pope gets that because he spoke to the media last night. And I think the biggest key thing he said was in response to a question I had, funny enough, about free throw shootings. The Cougars missed seven free throws in this loss. But he talked about what he makes of his team right now, where he thinks they're at. Here you go. Right now, we're not a... a 
a great team. We're not really a very good team. We're a team that's playing hard and committed to work towards winning with each other and, and committed to fighting. It's great. That's the baseline. That's what we want. Um, but we have to. We, we just have to improve uh, how we play now. Um, and I'm grateful that we have that problem, not the other. I'm grateful that our locker room is good. I'm grateful these guys are fighting. I'm grateful they're learning how to fight harder. Like that's the stuff that you lose sleep about as a coach. In terms of us playing well, we'll figure that out. And we got a really tough stretch here. Um, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna continue to teach us a lot. Um, and with the end goal of becoming a great team. There you go, Mark Pope. BYU is not a great team, but a team that essentially is trying hard. And I think you can see that on the court because, yes, they got down 14 nothing in that ball game last night against Boise State, but they did battle back. And their defensive effort in that first half, despite not being able to generate much offense at all early on, was actually quite good. They held Boise State to just 30 points in the first half. When you consider the Boise State was up 14 nothing, it could have been a whole lot worse. And that was actually a pretty impressive feat for BYU. In the second half, things got rolling for the Cougars offensively. In particular, Alex Barcelo turned things on. He finished the game with 22 points, hit some big buckets down the stretch to get BYU back into it. But they do come up short. And I think the biggest thing for BYU in this game, in my opinion, is they need to find a secondary offensive option who is reliable. There are lots of guys on this roster who I feel like could be that secondary option. Guys like Matt Harms. He finished the game with 18 points, but that wasn't necessarily the second leading player for BYU in this game, in my opinion. I actually thought the best secondary player in this game was Spencer Johnson, the Salt Lake Community College transfer, formerly of American Fork High School. I thought he came in off the bench, played 25 minutes, and was stellar in his time on the court. Shot four or five from the field, had 10 points off the bench. Uh, it was the third leading score for the Cougars behind Barcelo and Harms, but the Cougars need to find somebody who can reliably be that secondary option on offense after Barcelo. Could that be Matt Harms? Could it be Spencer Johnson? Sure, it could be any of those guys, but they do need to have that person settled on by at least the time the conference play begins. This was a game I felt like BYU could win against Boise State, and you know what? You you live and learn. I think in this game in particular, Caleb Lohner learned some very tough lessons. That is a true freshman who is getting I what I like to term uh, uh, education in the streets, uh, for lack of a better term in that regard, because he's out there as a true freshman. I know he played at an extremely high level at Wasatch Academy, but his fellow Wasatch Academy alum, Emmanuel Acott, really put him in a bad spot last night. The three-pointer that Acott hit with 13 seconds to go in the game after that game was tied 70-all was actually very impressive on what Boise State uh, developed with that play. Caleb Lohner allowed himself to get sucked down into the post. Acott posted up on the perimeter, and when that pass hit Acott, Lohner was all the way down by the basket and had zero chance of recovering in time to alter or disrupt that shot. And Acott, a former five-star prospect who went to the University of Arizona before transferring to Boise State, made him pay. Makes that three-pointer, and Boise State goes on to win. That is a lesson that you learn as a true freshman that you hope doesn't repeat 
itself going forward. I really like Caleb Lohner's game. He has got a college body. I said that from the time he committed to BYU, that he was going to come in and be a guy who immediately challenged for playing time. He played 25 minutes last night, was 0-4 from the field, had two free throws, uh, garnered four fouls, but also added six rebounds. I was tied for the team lead in rebounds on the night. It was actually an up-and-down performance for a guy like Caleb Lohner, but also a learning experience for that young man because he'll be better for having experienced stuff like he experienced last night against Emmanuel Acott. It's a tough loss. It's a tough lesson to learn in a loss. There's no doubt about that because this would have been a nice win for BYU to have on their resume come tournament time. But all you can do is look forward now and get ready for the University of Utah on Saturday. So I felt like some downs and some ups in this game game I felt like BYU falling behind 14 nothing you can't have that especially at home you would like that against the likes of San Diego State and Utah well guess what I think those teams will be smelling blood in the water and will probably have a more capable offense in my opinion that'll be able to punish you maybe I'm wrong about that but I think there were plenty of ups BYU showing the grit and the tenacity to fight back and tie that game at 70 all with just under 30 seconds to go. That shows this team has got plenty of gumption to them. They have a good team that has got a no quit in them. I guess it's the, 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 there's no uh, giving in They're, They learned a lesson from the USC loss in particular, as Alex Barcelo mentioned last night in his postgame presser, we learned from USC. So BYU, yes, tough loss, but they did prove that they can battle back in games and get themselves back into contention despite falling behind by double digits, not scoring points for the first eight minutes of a game. So now you look forward to Utah rivalry game against a very much improved Utah team who did beat BYU a year ago. Let's not forget that. And we'll preview that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. But I think that this team, speaking of the BYU basketball program, they've learned some lessons early on this year that I think are going to benefit them as the season progresses. It just so happens that those biggest lessons they've learned have come in their two biggest losses of the season and possibly their two biggest games of the season so far. It'd be nice to see BYU go beat the likes of Utah on Saturday and then San Diego State a week from tomorrow. But hey... This is a team that's going to have to play as a team. It's very much a program, speaking of this BYU basketball program, that has to operate and work as one. Whereas a year ago, you had multiple guys who could potentially win a game for you themselves. It's a little different dynamic, but I think as the season progresses, we'll see more and more of the team dynamic come through, and hopefully it yields more and more wins for BYU as they continue on. Hopefully they can garner and pick up a couple of those what we call uh, trademark wins that can bolster your resume come tournament time. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football. One of the feel-good stories of the year is Kyle Griffiths and his receiving a scholarship after grinding away for four years with the BYU football program. We'll let you hear a little bit about his experience getting that scholarship from Kalani Satake, and also some very interesting comments from Zach Wilson with regards to his future in football, whether it'll be a BYU or in the NFL. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, a reminder for you guys, please make sure you leave us a rating and review on this podcast. It really helps us build the audience. We love talking BYU sports. I love talking BYU sports every day with you guys, and the only way we can build this audience is with your guys 
guys' support. You're also going to be spending time with family, whether it's virtual, on a Zoom meeting, or if you are getting together for a family party. If you have BYU fans in your family, let them know about this podcast this time of year. Tell them, hey, it's a daily thing that talks BYU sports, and it's short. We don't aim to waste a lot of your day talking and blathering on. We want to get in, give you everything you need to know about the Cougars, and get out. So leave us a rating and review on wherever you're listening from, particularly on Apple Podcasts, but also make sure this time of year to share it with your family and friends. And a big thank you in advance for your support of us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. BYU football continues to get ready for a showdown against San Diego State on Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And I know that only family and friends of BYU players and coaching staff will be in attendance at LES for that game on Saturday night. But hey, it may beat having to sit out in the weather. So let's look at the positive with that regard. An 8 o'clock kickoff on Saturday evening uh, for the Cougars on ESPN2. But they continue to get ready for this game. And Zach Wilson, obviously, is the headliner for this BYU football program. Has been all year long. A guy who garnered Heisman interest for the majority of the year. Being talked about as a potential first-round draft pick. I absolutely do believe that he is an NFL draft pick. Particularly, I think he's a top half of the first round. I just have seen enough from him to make me think that he's got a strike while the iron is hot. Well, obviously, when he spoke to the media yesterday, that was going to be a topic of discussion. The question was asked, Zach, what is your thought for your future in football? And here's what he had to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think uh, I think when the time comes after the season's over, I'll, I'll have a pretty good idea of what to do. You know, really, the plan for me now is to, um, you know, finish up this week, um, get to a good bowl game. Uh, compete, win the bowl game, and then, uh, you know, it really goes from there. And, and right now my plan is to come back next year. You know, really I haven't thought about it because uh, all my focus is with these boys, and um, I really think when the time comes, I'll know what to do. There you go, Zach Wilson, and he's saying that his focus is on the guys he's playing with right now. You heard him say my mentality right now is to come back next year. Hey, you can take him at his word if you want, but I can tell you this much. Everything I have heard about Zach Wilson is that he will pursue every avenue to get to the NFL this year. If you follow his family members on social media, particularly his mother, Lisa, there have been, uh, I guess what you'd call revelations from her on social media that Zach's family, his parents, speaking of Lisa and Mike, have been meeting with NFL agents. And that doesn't mean that Zach is going to to leave the second the BYU's bowl game is over, etc. That doesn't necessarily mean that, but it has a very big indication, in my opinion, that he is pursuing his avenues and he's going to capitalize on going to the NFL after this season. And I don't blame him one bit, by the way, because... In my opinion, this is just my opinion, I'm a neophyte when it comes to evaluating NFL draft talent. That's why I do a podcast and work in sports radio, and I'm not an NFL talent evaluator who works for an NFL franchise. But quarterback is a position that just gets absolutely scrutinized to a degree that many other positions in football, and I think maybe any other position in football, and particularly sports in general, doesn't get scrutinized to the same level. Zach has shown the ability to make every throw on the field this year. He's shown an above average strength arm who can make every throw and he has shown the ability to process information, get the ball out quickly, and generate big plays down the field. That's what NFL teams drool over. They want guys who can come in 
and just engineer an offense that has big play potential on any given down and can just move a team. That's what I see from Zach Wilson. And that's the reason why you're seeing all this hype from NFL draft analysts for him potentially being a first round draft pick. I think he's gone after this season, and I think he needs to go in particular because if he stays for another year, his his film, his uh, skills, his abilities are going to be scrutinized to a level that I think could hurt him with regards to his future NFL draft prospects. Could I be wrong about that? Absolutely. But I do think he needs to take advantage of this. And there's also the argument to be made that Zach going to the NFL as the first first round draft pick quarterback for BYU since some guy named Jim McMahon in 1982 could do more for the BYU football program right now than staying and playing another year. I think that the publicity that would come for Kalani Satake and the BYU football program from Zach Wilson potentially being a top 10 NFL draft prospect, a top 10 NFL draft uh, pick, excuse me, really would do more for the football program than him staying and potentially putting together an eight or a nine win season against a much stouter uh, schedule next year. You guys may disagree with that, but that's just the way I kind of see things shaking out for that young man. Also, he is a player who is very cerebral and understands what goes on in the machinations of a game. And he spoke to the media yesterday about the end of the half play, the interception that he threw on the Hail Mary attempt that saw him get absolutely pummeled uh, by Jordan uh, Jeffrey Gunter, not Jordan Gunter, Jeffrey Gunter, as well as Gallagher. I think he was the other player who was blocking him on that interception return well Zach took exception to it but also understood why they did what they did well I don't think it led to anything I think they had planned that out before the game you know if we get a turnover uh find the quarterback and you know it happens uh that guys do that you know there's no problem in that it's the it's the you know the intent of what they were trying to do um you know that was really the issue um uh, you know, slamming into the ground, tackling. It wasn't blocking. If he was blocking, I'd be, you know, perfectly fine with it. But, you know, but either way, it happens in football. You know, uh, can't complain about it. It happens. Um, we got to move on from it. You know, that was one of those teams that um, like to talk a lot and they do it on purpose. You know, it's an energy thing for them. You know, they come out and they talk crap and uh, they try and get into your head. And, um, you know, we respect that. It is what it is. And um, a lot of teams are like that. So there you go. Zach Wilson's thoughts on what yeah, I term as a cheap shot from Jeffrey Gunter in that game against Coastal Carolina. He he gets it. He said, hey, it's football. It is what happens. It takes me back to uh, Taysom Hill, funny enough. His days at Highland High School in Pocatello, Idaho. I don't know if people remember this, but he was the kicker for Highland in high school and made a kickoff at one point. It wasn't a playoff game. It might have been in, a, in another game, but uh, the opposing team essentially just came up and targeted him without any uh, thought for returning the ball. One of their up players just went and hit Taysom and took him out. I think it garnered a suspension for the opposing coach because it was just it was a clear uh, shot at Taysom Hill to try and injure him or take him out of the game. And Zach Wilson, you heard him talk about. It. He said, "I get it. They had this thought before the game that there was interception. They were going to come and get me." But he did take exception to the excessive nature of what happened, and I think that was the right way to address it from Zach's perspective. And I appreciate him addressing it in a straightforward manner. And we in the media, we like it when guys are straight shooters and really just kind of lay it out there for us. So big thanks to Zach Wilson for speaking to us yesterday in the media. If you want to hear the entirety 
of his media session. Search out the BYU feed under the Zone Sports Network on your podcast provider app of choice, and you'll be able to hear all of the BYU football media sessions. Jeff Grimes, uh, Kyle Griffiths, who you'll hear more from here in just a minute, as well as Zach Wilson from yesterday, and also players and coaches from earlier on this week. All right, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about one of the feel-good stories for the BYU football program this season that came out of uh, earlier this week from Kyle Griffith's perspective. We'll let you hear from him on what his thoughts are on earning that scholarship and what it means for his future at BYU. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. A reminder for you guys, if you guys would like to be a part of this podcast, we'd love to have you guys on board as a sponsor here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We have the ability to get your company, your product, or your service in front of thousands of BYU fans, both here along the Wasatch Front in Utah, as well as across the United States every single day. The podcast sphere advertising-wise is a wild, wild west type of feel, but we have the teams here at the Locked On Cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network to help you guys have advertising success. We want to make it easy on you guys. We can do it in a straightforward manner. Our rates are very competitive, and like I said, we can scale up or down to fit your whatever your needs are. We can fit your needs as a company, and I guarantee you will be 100% satisfied. So give us an opportunity. Email us now. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. We'll get you in touch with our sales team, get you on the way to having advertising success in the podcast sphere. And you can do it right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. As some of you may have seen on social media earlier this week, Instagram or Twitter or the like, Kyle Griffiths, a senior fullback slash tight end for the BYU football program, earned a scholarship from Kalani Satake. And this is one of the stories that just makes me enjoy college football because Kyle Griffiths, his dream his entire life, as you'll hear here in a moment, was to play at BYU. That was kind of his goal his entire life. He played high school football with the dream, you know what, I want to be a BYU Cougar. His father was a former BYU football player, and that was his dream his entire life. He came to BYU as a walk-on, had to earn his way, and really has had to just work odd jobs on the weekend and at nights around school, as well as his responsibilities with football, be able to afford to play the sport he loves for the program that he loves. So here you go. Here's Kyle Griffiths in his own words on how learning about earning a scholarship went and what it means to him to have all of that hard work pay off it was uh pretty wet as in there were a lot of tears (laughs) i uh um i could go into detail but i won't my entire life i've been the biggest BYU football fan dad dad played here met my mama and just my entire life being from florida we always wore everything byu blue every school event that ever was where college team my brother and i hayden twin brother we always wore byu stuff i made fun of all the time for it but we didn't care we were just so obsessed with byu so uh um, just yesterday i just got a text from john swift to meet with kalani before our meetings and went in there went into kalani's office and uh uh he sat me down and said some really really kind remarks and then told me i was on scholarship and he said other things after that but i have no idea what he said because i was just bawling my eyes out (laughs) i was crying and then kalani was crying and then he just stood up and as he was crying and he just gave me a hug and i gave him a hug we just stood there and cried for a sec and i told him how thankful i was and just how much it really meant to me it's my entire life's dream is just 
to play football at BYU and to earn a scholarship here. My mom as well. She, our entire life, high school, she'd make us five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the morning. She'd make us eat, my brother and I, each 10 waffles, five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for second period, always buy two lunches. Uh, it, the list goes on. She would, at least three times a week, I'd get a text from her to come to my door in class. My teachers got just newer because she would bring food, more Chick-fil-A or something, just to gain weight. So. So the entire life dream, it just, it all, it's been worth it. The walk on life here, I would have done it again and again. It was absolutely worth it. But for that to happen and to have earned a scholarship, it's just, it was all the better. It was just so much more gratifying and uh, really was a testament to me and just showed me like uh, that this was all worth it and that I did put in for it. How can you not root for a guy like that? Kyle is about the most enthusiastic BYU football player I have ever met. He's a personal favorite of mine in terms of my times interviewing him and getting to know that young man. And I don't proclaim to be friends with him in any way, shape, or form, but just as a great, great representative of BYU as a university. Well, the scholarship, obviously, people are wondering, okay, why are you giving him a scholarship in December? How will it affect him? When will it run through? Well, he addressed that. Here you go. Luckily for me, I'm actually, I'll be paid for this whole semester. So they'll backtrack and I'll, I'll get all the payment for this. So it's like I was on scholarship this entire semester, which is huge. Uh, I won't have to work as many tables at Texas Roadhouse. And then I'll be on scholarship next uh, in the winter. And after that, Clonnie asked me to come back and play another semester, but I was already scheduled to be a coach next year. So I'm kind of, he's like, you don't have to think about it yet. Like you're good, but so now I'm deciding whether for next year I'm going to play again or coach. Honestly, the way my head feels, I've, I'm probably thinking uh, coach, but you can't. It's hard to say no to playing another year under Kalani and with the with my brothers. So you could see Kyle Griffiths back on a BYU sideline next year, maybe as a player, maybe as a student assistant coach. I, I've talked to him over the past year or so multiple times, and his dream is to go into college coaching. He'd like to be a head coach at the college level at someday, and maybe even a BYU. He loves this university and this football program, speaking of BYU, about as much as anybody. And Kalani Satake, I think, sees a lot of himself and a guy like Kyle Griffiths. It helps that both of them are fullbacks. Both of them just love the sport and have really put their heart and soul into it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Kyle Griffiths does, regardless if it's outside of coaching, inside of coaching. I would hope that he comes back and plays another year if he can keep that scholarship. But even if he's a student assistant, I'm sure he'll still be on scholarship. And this is a young man who I think is going to fly up the coaching ranks. And it may be my personal bias blinding me on this. But Kyle understands the sport at a different level than most, especially for being as relatively young as he is. He served a mission, etc. So he's getting up there in age, but he's still in his mid-20s at the very oldest. He understands the game at a different level than I even understand it. And I'm looking forward to seeing him continue his football future as a coach and maybe another year as a BYU football player. But congratulations to Kyle Griffiths on earning that scholarship. Paid off in a big way for him with the hard work he put in. And it's cool to see he's getting retroactively uh, put on to this semester where he can kind of save some of the money he's probably already put in to school, etc. And you heard him talk about he's pretty famous on social media for being a guy who delivers meals for Texas Roadhouse in Orem. So just a cool, cool story all the way around. I wanted to finish today's podcast on a high note. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we will preview both the San Diego State football game and the Utah basketball game for BYU. Two huge games back to back Saturday afternoon and evening. Looking forward to both of those clashes and we'll preview preview them on tomorrow 
tomorrow's edition of the podcast and our preview for next week, by the way, just an early look. Uh, Going to have some BYU legends on the show. I can tell you that much. BYU football legends in particular. Recorded an interview with one of them yesterday. I don't want to necessarily lift the lid on who it is quite yet, but I can tell you this much. Some of the greats, some of the goats, if you will, of BYU football past are going to join me on the podcast next, next week and looking forward to sharing those conversations with you guys. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the show. A big thank you once again for joining us. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 10th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.